Salma had always sworn that she would never end up in a place like this. It's a bit like purgatory, she had joked when they first came to see the house in a harried half hour before work one morning. The estate agent, a hawkish woman with a watchful gaze, had herded them from room to room, and Selma had murmured politely, even commenting on this or that lovely feature, as she and Bilal locked eyes, amusement passing between them. They had agreed to view it only because there was a gap between their other bookings, and the agent had pushed this property. It was in a neat cul-de-sac on the eastern reaches of the central line. It was built seven years ago, said the agent, and still had the bright, bland feel of a new development. There was a dizzying amount of brickwork, and even its name, the mononymous Blenheim, felt like an artless attempt at class, like petrol stop perfume or Gucci with three C's. Shades. Upstairs, out of the agent's earshot, they had giggled about the perfect lawn. Do you think Neighbourhood Watch will knock down your door if it grows above two inches? said Bilal. Salma fought a smile. We're being snobby, she said, but with laughter in her voice. The agent walked in, and the two of them sprang apart like children caught red handed. She nodded at the window her silver-brown bob swaying with the motion. It's lovely, isn't it? Lovely, Selma agreed. That was six months ago, and after close to 40 viewings, they had both grown weary. Nothing else matched Blenheim for price, condition, space, and safety, and so they talked each other into it. Four double bedrooms, said Bilal. And it's still on the central line, said Salma. The neat streets and quiet neighbours. If they could set aside their vanity, they could be happy at Blenheim. And so they had put in an offer. And here they were, their first week in their new home. They hadn't yet met their neighbours, but yesterday a square of white card appeared on their doormat, inviting them to a Maybank holiday barbecue. No need to RSVP, just turn up, it said, in jaunty letters. Salma had read it uneasily. She wasn't an introvert by any means, but did find parties tiring. She far preferred to meet new people on a one-to-one basis. Still, they were new here and had to make an effort. Salma had prepared some potato salad and told her son Zane that he had no choice but to join them. They approached 13 Blenheim like a trio of soldiers heading into battle. Outside, Salma paused and assessed her husband and son. As she straightened Bilal's crooked collar, he caught her hand and kissed it. Here goes, she said. She rang the bell, but no one answered. Music bled from the garden, and Salma counted to 20 before she rang again. Zane ventured to the side of the house and pointed at the open side gate. They walked through in single file and hovered at the edge of the gathering. There were about thirty people of varying ages, laughing and milling around. Two men were tending the barbecue, both of them wearing white polo shirts paired with khaki shorts. At first, Salma thought they were hired staff, but realised they were guests. 
cheers went up around them as they dished up the first tranche of meat, filling the air with a pleasantly smoky smell. A woman spotted them, and her eyes lit up. You must be the new arrivals, she called. She detached herself from the group and pulled Salma into a matronly hug. I'm Linda Turner, the hostess. Oh, hello, I'm Salma. Thank you so much for inviting us. Bilal, her husband introduced himself. He saw the crease of Linda's brow and promptly added, Call me Bill. She brightened. Bill, how wonderful to meet our new neighbors. She turned to Zane. And this must be your son. My, what a handsome boy. Zane smiled politely. How do you do? She whooped with delight. And such manners, too. She saw the glass bowl in his hands. You didn't have to bring anything, but thank you. She took the bowl and ushered them into the party. What can I get you to drink? We have wine, beer, cider. She paused. Or we have fresh lemonade and fruit juice. Bill smiled. A lemonade would be lovely, thank you. Make that three, said Salma. She beamed. Wonderful. She smoothly introduced them to their next door neighbor. This is Tom Hutton. He can give you the lowdown on everyone here. Tom greeted them warmly. He was in his mid-forties, muscular beneath a navy polo shirt and with thick, dark hair splayed beneath an orange cap. As he spoke, a young bull terrier bounded up to him. Her name is Lola, he said, bending down to pet her. He looked up at Salma. She was a showgirl, he deadpanned. Salma broke into laughter. Tom nodded in approval as if she had passed a test. Lola snuffed at Salma's feet. You don't mind, do you? said Tom. No, not at all. We have a dog too, a lab called Molly. Oh, that's great. This is such a dog-friendly neighborhood. You're gonna love it. Linda cut in to hand out drinks. Bill volunteered to help with the barbecue, and she happily whisked him away. Zane took his drink to a corner of the garden and busied himself on his phone. So what do you do? asked Tom. I'm a teacher, said Salma. Geography, at a secondary school, she added, preempting his follow-up question. What about you? I work in advertising, at Sartre and Sartre. Oh, wow, that must be glamorous. It can be, he said, with a grin, enjoying the compliment. And what about Bill? Salma felt herself tense. He's a restaurateur, she said despite the fact that his restaurant, Jaconi's, had shut down earlier that year. Restaurateur? Tom puckered his lips in a show of approval. You must be doing all right then, no? Selma looked bemused. I mean, we're doing okay. Uh, sorry if that's rude. I was just wondering how come you got this place then? He nodded in the direction of their house. Salma relaxed, relieved to find that he too was skeptical of Blenheim. She smiled playfully. It's not too bad, is it? Where else would I find such a pristine collection of lawns? Tom frowned. 
Well, it's just that I would have thought you were above the threshold. Threshold? Selma was confused. For social housing, he said. It dawned on Selma what Tom had really meant. Not, you're wealthy, so why would you choose to live here? But, you're wealthy, so why did you get social housing? She shifted awkwardly. We actually bought it privately. Oh! Tom looked mortified. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to assume. In fact, I wasn't assuming. I was certain that the house next to us was part of the social housing. He cringed visibly. I must have been mistaken. Selma waved in a show of nonchalance. Ah, if only, it might have saved us a pretty penny. Her voice labored with the effort to put him at ease. She groped for another topic. So what school do you teach at? asked Tom. Ilford Academy in Seven Kings. I see. Do you enjoy it? Selma could feel the conversation slipping away, but was keen to keep the momentum going. If they parted now, it would surely make things more awkward the next time they met. Yes, she replied. It's especially nice in August. She laughed at her joke, but it came out forced and hollow. She didn't understand why she was being this way. She was normally poised and confident, perfectly versed in small talk. She reached for a question, but was interrupted by a woman who slid up next to Tom. Salma stared for a second. She was tall and willowy, with white blonde hair, delicate cheekbones, and a tiny gap between her front teeth that seemed to only add to her charm. She held out an elegant hand. Willa, she said, like the writer. Selma shook it and pretended to know which writer she meant. Although pictures are more my trade, said Willa. Oh, are you a model? Willa made a snap of laughter. <laughs> You're sweet, but no, I paint sometimes. Mainly, I run our home. Oh, sorry, you look like you could be, said Selma. You must get that all the time. Willa rolled her eyes. Thank you, but it's fucking embarrassing. I'm like an Aryan wet dream. Salma nearly spat out her lemonade. She couldn't tell if Willa was simply outspoken or if she actually rather enjoyed Salma's display of shock. She looked across at Tom, who didn't react, only slid an arm around Willa's waist. Salma cleared her throat. How did you both meet? She asked, steering them into safer territory. I know what you're thinking, said Tom. How did a brute like me end up with a girl like her? Tom used to be a firefighter, Willa cut in. Believe it or not, he ran into a burning building and saved me. I was 21, he was 27, and that was that. Salma looked from one to the other. That can't be true. Willa gazed at Tom adoringly. One hundred percent. Oh my God, that's incredible. Willa burst out laughing. I'm just fucking with you. Selma grew still. Then she smiled and pretended to be in on the joke. Of course, that's not what happened, 
said Willa. But the real story is almost as cute. Selma waited, but Willa was speaking to Tom now. Do you remember how you chased me for months, sending me flowers and chocolates? God, wasn't there even that H. Samuel bracelet? Tom looked at Selma sheepishly. Willa's family are rich, he explained. So here I am sending her milk tray and a five quid bunch of flowers while she's used to. He looked over at her. What's that Ponzi brand you like? A Charbonnel Walker, she said smoothly, then turned back to Salma. He wasn't a firefighter, she winked. He did let me ride his pole. Salma chuckled politely. She, like most people, did a subconscious thing when she met someone new. She assessed whether they were part of her tribe. Tom and Willa, with their strange abrasive humour, were far too different to her. Normally, Salma wouldn't mind and simply get on with her day, but this was a new neighbourhood and she had to make an effort. You mentioned that you run the home, she said to Willa. Do you have kids? Yes, a son, Jamie. He's 16. She must have caught Salma's surprise because she added, I had him young, at 22. Salma calculated that Willa was 38, five years younger than her. That works out well for me, she said. My son, Zane, is 18, and I'm sure he'd love to meet Jamie. That would be lovely, said Willa. Jamie needs to make a few friends. They talked for a while longer, and Salma scanned the crowd for Bill. She saw that he was cornered by Linda and excused herself to join them. What is that delicious nutty flavour in the potato salad? Linda was asking. Fried pine nuts, said Salma. Ah, well, thank you for indulging us. For reference, I can handle my spice, so if you ever want to bring something with a bit more zing, you'd be more than welcome to. Salma smiled. Of course, I'll bear that in mind. Linda clapped her hands twice like an excited child. I look forward to it. She glanced over Salma's shoulder. Well, I should mingle. Please help yourself to the food and drink. There's so much to get through. She beamed and then left in a cloud of activity. Bill looked at Salma. How long do you reckon before we can leave? <laughs>